Happy New Year. It's the 1st of January in 2015, and we're well-rested early in the morning, and that's rare for us. Welcome to Longleaf Breeze, subsistence farmers using three simple principles, approaching but never reaching subsistence. It's got to be fun while we're doing it, and we don't make all misstatements. And now, Lee and Amanda Borden. Thanks, Adrian, and welcome to our podcast of January 1st, 2015. Woohoo! It's rare that we have, just like as it is in last week, our podcast fell on Christmas Day today. New Year's Day, we actually, it's, it's the very day of the podcast, so it's kind of um, um, an interesting calendar event for these past couple of uh, weeks, but we and wish the you the sun very... is shining, oh, and I it's know. a beautiful morning here at Longleaf Breeze. That's right. Um, the weather wasn't so great last week, and uh, in fact, one of the updates I'd like to cover, well, one of the sad updates is that the SEC football teams <laughs> aren't as good as... Many people had thought. This is, we're adjusting to a grim new reality. Right. The rest of the country has figured out, but we here in the SEC keep telling ourselves how wonderful we are. Um, well, the rest of the country can now say, told you so. But as we are recording this, we are hoping for the best from Auburn and Alabama today. So that remains to be seen. And so we'll, we'll say Roll Tide and also War Eagle that goes out to our Auburn friends. Absolutely. Um, but um, so enough about football. Um, back to what I was saying about last week's weather. Um, not only was it not the best to get out in the yard, it just had a wintry feel pretty much all week. And, and we had a good bit of rain. But also, um, we had been gone for a week to California. I came back sick. I actually went the longest I think I've ever gone since we've had that garden without going out there and checking on it. Uh, it, because it took me eight days to get up the energy to walk out there after I returned. So that's over two weeks and of I neglect. And I kept going out there and telling you, yeah, it's looking good, it's looking good, but you really weren't sure till you went out and saw it right. yourself. Well, and one thing I discovered was that we had one really beautiful cauliflower. So uh, I, that's the first I've had in a while. We've already eaten it. It tasted good, too. It was but, delicious. And I had some broccoli that, you know, I had uh, cut back the, the large heads and harvested those before we left for California, but um, which was around the 15th of December. But, um, and actually a little bit before then, we had, had eaten that. But a number of new little flowerettes had, had uh, come to light. So we actually had broccoli the other night for dinner. And um, so it was good. It was, it was And something that most of you will consider to be a total yawner, but is quite interesting to us, is we have several varieties of cover crop growing on the orchard floor. You gave me full reign. The folks at uh, Cover Crop Solutions were kind enough to include me in a study, so I have several different kinds of cover crop seeds that they provided. We were a little late getting them out. But we overseeded fairly significantly, and as a result, we have probably, what, maybe five or six of our beds that are doing well. They're with doing cover well, crop now. yes. And uh, as you said, you put some on the orchard floor, too. So hopefully, we'll be seeing some uh, benefits from those cover crops. Yeah, we may, um, may, may we get a shot of you with one of the cover crop beds. Okay, uh, sure. Talking about some of the different kinds of cover crop we've got growing mm -hmm. out there. And of course, that's a, a lot of our podcast today will f focus on our hopes and dreams for 2015. And cover crops are a great way to get 
started with the next growing season because of the nutrients they add to the soil and the biomass, biomass et cetera. and the nitrogen, sure. Um, we are still in the process, but I guess more or less complete in recovering from the holiday entertaining that we did. Right, right. We have Although one more party. we still have one more group right. here this weekend. But, you know, and it's it was so fun. We really enjoyed seeing everybody. Um, my friends have heard me complain about this, but I went for six straight days without being able to smell or taste. So we had not one but two lovely dinners um, in which I couldn't taste any of the food, and that was kind of sad. Trust of, me, it was good. Because of the, thank you, <laughs> because of my sinus infection. But um, I did get some medicine the other day, and I'm um, on the road to recovery, hopefully. We had chicks that we started growing here in October. They were born on October the 22nd, and I think we started with them several days later. Um, they have been living in the shop in their coop. And well, first in their brooder bin and then in their coop. And this week we got them out on the orchard floor and they seem to be adjusting just fine. Oh, yes. Four girls who are just loving being outside, which is, and they have plenty of feathers now, so they're fine even when it's down in the 30s. Even when it goes down below freezing, we think they're fine because they can go up in the um, roost and get and stay pretty warm as long as they're all together. And they do tend to flock together, particularly when it is cold. Um, they're behaving more and more like chickens. They're scratching and sort of frolicking back and forth and doing their little show-off for each other stuff, and it's fun to watch them. And we've had a much easier time this time with Audie's adjustment to having the chickens out there than you did before. We sure have. Uh, he had, you know, with the benefit of the e-collar last batch of chickens, he had... Um, learned more quickly than I thought he would to leave them alone, and that has carried over. He tends to leave them alone, and you know, every now and then I'll give him a nick just to remind him what the perimeter is, but he gets it. He, he tends to stay away from them, and even have, when we're not here. And I've noticed these girls, maybe because they've sort of they're young and being introduced to Audie. They don't seem to go into a tailspin if he's anywhere near. Oh, they get uneasy. Do they? When he comes because close. Because I yeah. saw them out the other day and he wasn't too far away and they didn't they didn't get quite as um, rattled as the previous batch did. Well, and for good reason. I mean, the others had already had a, an up close and personal. That's true. Where he barked at them incessantly. Yeah, that's true. So these, these girls haven't had a traumatic experience with him and hopefully will not. Yeah. Um, but let's talk about what we want to do for next year. Uh, we certainly hope that, we, we've talked about this before, our blueberries, uh, having recovered from two years ago, having been burned. Um, Who did that? Uh, I wonder. But anyway, it, we hope that this year we will be our breakout season for blueberries. Just as it was this year for muscadines. This year, muscadines, uh, we saw, an, uh, I guess, maybe a six-fold increase in production from last year to this year. And I don't know whether we'll see that kind of increase from the blueberries, but we do hope that we will get a, a bigger year this year from the blueberries. Right, I hope so too. Um, this year, we're sort of all moving in the direction of starting with meat rabbits. I don't know now. whether we're all moving in the direction Actually, of we're all moving in. <laughs> no, you are moving in the direction Well, Adrian of and Lee okay. are both on board, and I think you're coming around. Right. I think you're slowly accepting that it might make sense. Uh, 
what it's going to mean if, if and when we begin tiptoeing into that is that we will need to build some kind of rabbitry shelter to protect them from the heat in the summertime and the rain the, the year round. So that'll be a little bit of a, an obstacle to getting into rabbits. But once we get past that obstacle, everything else seems pretty trivial. Right. And then we've talked about, this is one of my favorite subjects, the possibility of going ahead and constructing a greenhouse so that I can use it for my plant starts and, you know, overwintering, whatever we might need to do, getting an early start on growing vegetables mostly. So we've we've looked at a couple of hopefully inexpensive ways we could construct it. Relatively and, inexpensive, yeah. Um, most of them center around some kind of concrete block wall on the north side and of somewhat um, lightweight structure that flows southward from that that will hold in the heat um, on a winter night, but that will provide ways we can keep it well ventilated most of the other times. All right. So we'll, uh, as that progresses, we will certainly keep you updated. We begin at this time of year looking at the calendar, looking ahead, um, thinking about spring planting. That's what brings a smile to my lips. And uh, the, the seed catalogs have already started pouring in. My gardener's porn is arriving. Yes, I see you huddled <laughs> over there uh, with your porn, looking at your seed catalogs and dreaming and scheming about the year to come. Right. And the other thing that we uh, dream and scheme, scheme about, although it's a lot of work, is all the pruning that we'll have to do in February. Yeah, there's a, there's a good bit of ornamental pruning that you have on your schedule, those knockouts and, and other ornamentals that need to be pruned. And, of course, February is my main year for pruning fruit. You mean your month? Not yeah, a year. <laughs> yeah, my main month for pruning fruit. Although I've, I've said in prior years, and I guess I could say again, anytime I wanted to, I think I could probably shift to pruning muscadines earlier than February. Um, Whenever February gets so busy that I can't do it all, then I'll shift to pruning muscadines a little earlier. Okay, well, that works. And it, certainly one thing that we uh, have talked about as far as you mentioned pruning the knockouts is the possibility, and I'm still open to it, of pruning them back re and relocating them so that we could plant some citrus out there. Wouldn't that be fun? Yeah. Uh, I so, think that is a distinct possibility, and I don't know whether it'll happen, but... It, I'm certainly open to I'd it like as well. I'd like for it to, and not to mention planting some citrus up by the lodge where there's nothing even planted there right now. We wouldn't have to move anything, but we could have a good many citrus trees. And, you know, th this this winter we've bought, as part of a fundraiser, we bought tangerines and oranges, and I usually get clementines from the store, but I'm thinking, wouldn't it be fun to raise our own satsumas? Um, my friend Jane gave me some of her Meyer lemons that were delicious, Um and I thought, well, if we could grow our own Meyer lemons, that would be lovely. So we've got all kinds of possibilities of, of citrus that can grow in this area. Exactly. And particularly if grow it in that microclimate bed. I'm, I, I'm, this is the first time I've thrown it out to you, but I'm, I guess I'm wondering if we do succeed in making the, the microclimate bed down here a citrus bed where we can plant a satsuma or two and a Meyer lemon or two, Maybe up by the lodge, since it's a little farther from where we live every day, we do something more like knockouts up there and let them work. enjoy the the warmth and the sunshine. Or maybe a, a fig, 
or something. I, we'll right. see. Just can't plant the fig too close to the house. Exactly. You don't want to plant it too they close get to the big. house. Right. But our figs, as we have discussed before, have a habit of dying back to the ground every year because it get they're a little too cold for such a tender tree. Maybe we could, you know, let them get started there. We'll see. We we can talk about it. All kinds of possibilities. And that's the nice thing about a new year, isn't it, that you do tend to look toward freshness and new possibilities, new plans, and um, hope for the best. So we certainly wish you a happy new year and a good start to your uh, 2015. We'll catch up with you next week. Take care. You've been listening to Longleaf Breeze with Lee and Amanda Borden. You can call the farm at 334-625-8682. Send email to letters at longleafbreeze.com. Our address is P.O. Box 780-446, Tallahassee, Alabama, 36078. Visit us at longleafbreeze.com to learn more about the farm, to browse our archive, and to look over our planting database. You can also read the daily farm log and check in with Lee and Amanda. That's longleafbreeze.com.